0: when the citations roll out, you know, and Google is citing the best authority, what they're saying they'll do according to the IO, there's a lot of possibility to get in those featured. It's going to replace the snippets and actually even have a better placement, you know, because it does look a lot like authorship, which I was able to rank for Mm. very easily. There was a very little competition because everybody underestimated that, but it was very similar. It was that little circular headshot which they're showing in generative AI. It's a circle of your Famicon and then the actual name of your brand yeah. associated with that. And so I was able to get that when authorship rolled out and it was my name in SERPs. And so like, I can tell you the amount of business from that was unreal. And yeah. when they ditched it, because, you know, I guess it,
1: Why it do definitely from-
0: did pull away from publisher ad income.
1: This is Digital
0: marketing.
2: Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing from the platforms you need to be focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Julia McCoy, the president of Content at Scale. Welcome back, Julia.
0: Thank you, Mark. So excited to be here.
2: Yes, we have some uh, big happenings in the world of AI, uh, you know, and that's always happening in in this space. (laughs) But uh, it sounds like you have something really big to talk about in regards to uh, Google's generative AI uh, and kind of the impact for SEO. So let's just uh, launch into what is uh, the Google generative AI?
0: Oh, let's dive right in. Yes, so on May 10th, you know, Google's I.O. Keynote came out, and that was their developers conference, and they unveiled what this is going to be—the generative AI in SERPs, and it's basically a whole new search model. You know, so I mean, I'll tell you, my team and I—we were walk- closely watching this along with thousands of our users because we know this could change everything. You know, and for some context most of you listening might already know this, but Google is the world's largest traffic source. It still is, even with TikTok, Instagram Reels, Facebook, you name it, it still brings in 80% of the world's online traffic. So knowing that Google is this large traffic stream, this could shift everything as we know it, depending on how Google does it. So whenever I watched the IO keynote, was listening to this, you know, a few things stuck out to me. And first, I think if we go back in time to December of 2022, when Google added that extra E in EAT Mm. for experience, I think they were predicting the onslaught of AI content that was gonna hit SERPs. And they're like, this is how you're gonna stand out because they put emphasis on that all throughout the IO keynote, which was interesting. So I think like a couple of things that stick out to me about the direction of where this is going, First of all, on stage in that keynote, which showed all of the direction of what Google is going to do, Google said this, people will always value the input of other people. And when they said that, they showed on the screen behind them, photographs of creators and what those creators were saying in their actual content. They weren't showing, you know, chat GPT generating content. They were showing actual humans. And when Google said that, that we know people will always value the input of other people, I think it was like a North star of where Google's going with generative AI in search. And they continued to say like, we know people wanna hear insights from creators to help inform their decisions. And yes, right now I'm reading from some of their analysis about SGE, search generative experience. And they were talking about how this is gonna be a snapshot or an overview, an outline, instead of replacing actual traffic and websites and in fact, they said our goal is to drive more traffic to the actual website. And AI is just a jumping off point from which our people can explore a wide range of content. So that was an interesting unveiling because, you know, the fear is that the results will be a chat GPT like experience. Our content will be swiped, used by Google with absolutely no attribution. But that is completely wrong. That's inaccurate. That's not at all what's going to happen. And, you know, I think Google has a lot to lose if they were on stage saying this is our direction and then they weren't actually going to follow through. This is a company that makes, you know, it's $224 billion they made in 2022 and 162 billion of that came directly from search. What drives that revenue? It's the publisher creating content, which is competition that creates that ad revenue drives up that cost per click. So they know they cannot screw this up. They have to drive traffic to the publisher. If they don't, that's a huge amount of income that could start to go in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. So I think the overall direction is important, but then what they actually showed when they dialed down into the results. So they showed a lot of previews and a lot of these previews were attributed to long tail keywords, which at Content at Scale, when we build content at Content Hacker, When I build content, my strategy is the long-tail keyword. It gets you a specific person that's searching for a specific solution. Like instead of just marketing solutions, you're looking up how to build a content marketing campaign. That's a specific potential software user, course buyer, you know? So anyway, I was pleased to see their examples were long-tail keywords. And then when they showed the results... Yes, generative AI is taking up a ton of real estate at the top above the fold. But what it's going to do, and I saw this in every screenshot, Mark, and I was like zooming in on them. What they showed is they're actually going to attribute the creator. So on the right hand side, they're going to showcase the brand that they're pulling that AI, that AI is pulling that content from. And they're going to attribute that brand. They're going to attribute it with a feature. So they're going to show a thumbnail screenshot of the article they're gonna show the name of the brand and then the favicon. So an actual like, I would say a better brand feature than we're currently getting with the organic blue link. Mm. And then if you go back to that E that they launched in December of 2022, some of the things they talked about were very telling in that criteria. So they're like, they actually named specific examples. They were like, who would you trust? A creator that's reviewing a product they're actually using with photos and video or somebody that's not actually using that product. So, in your content, like you have to really convey a lot of experience. And I think that's how to get ahead and actually win these pretty cool SERP rankings that are about to hit SERPs. Because if we can get a brand feature, you know, actually reminds me back in 2013, Google authorship came out, it only lasted for about a year. I was very sad. And what you could do is actually get your headshot and your author name showing up right there in search. And I'll Mm. tell you, Mark, like I got phone calls. I got people at book calls that said it was 100% because they saw my face in SERPs. They were like, if you know how to do that, (laughs) then I bet you know how to write good content. And so like that brand feature gave me so much authority. So I think like we have the opportunity to really win with that AI citation, because that's how it's gonna work. You're basically being cited as an authority resource for the content that they're generating. And then how do we get that? Well, they told us in December, you get that by being an expert and conveying experience in your content. So that's like how we're gonna you know, d- differentiate ourselves from the sea of ChatGPT unedited content that's gonna hit the web just a matter of time with hundred million plus people using that technology well, how do we stand out? We show experience. So that was a long-ish update slash rant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. And I, I think it's uh, it's interesting because I think with the the being, you know, uh, AI, generative AI experience, they try to do the same thing where it kind of quoted three different sources. My only issue is that the, the reason why I like ChatGPT, you know, just as a system is that it seems to be a uh, kind of a conglomeration of everybody's ideas. And then here's your answer. And it's it's not just that it's from a few different people. It could be from the entire web. And so the information you're getting is essentially uh, like an average of what everybody thinks. Now with attribution, like you're talking about, sounds like there's kind of a primary driver, like a primary content creator that maybe contributed to most of the answer. And that's why they're being attributed. Is that what I'm understanding?
0: We don't fully know, like, this is all it's going to roll out. We'll actually see, but I can tell you from the previews, like dialing into their examples. So their examples were very niche keywords. Like if Mm. I'm going to go to this Canyon, can I take my dog and my kid, which Canyon is better? And so like, that was a 15 word string. (laughs) And what it showed was three different websites that were very (laughs) niche. Like these weren't, you know, pets.com. These were actually niche websites and creators. Mm. So I think like what they're trying to show is that you actually have an opportunity to rank here. And I like what you said about ChatGPT, you know, it is a conglomeration of so many ideas. But I think the problem there is you don't get attributed. Where are those ideas from? Mm. And that's like what Google's trying to, I don't want to say fix, because in the end, we talk about this before the recording, Google favors itself. It's going to try to drive traffic to Google. It's going to try to do that, even though they're saying they're not. <laughs> We know the truth. But in the end, like they also know they can't screw up $200 billion per year. And that's coming from publishers.
2: No, and that makes sense. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it sort of makes sense. My problem is that Google has been, has manipulated so much data that like the search results aren't, Mm -hmm. hey, here's the best search result from the best experts. It's like, no, here's the search result that was, the best optimized. And and maybe all of this correlates with the launch of GA4 because I know that that entire language of how they're going to be doing analytics moving forward is totally different because before it was based off of page views and metadata. They, they've been saying for years, like, oh, metadata doesn't matter. But if you skip that part of publishing an article, it, it will get found by nobody. Yeah. <laughs> so, So like, and that's where like, I have kind of a distrust of of Google in general, because I'm like, they come out with a lot of stuff that sounds like they're altruistic and they want to credit the right people and they want to do all these things. But then when in practice, I'm like, no, the majority of the answers that I see on Google are not good. And honestly, even if they hyperlink what their generative AI creates, so does Wikipedia. And I never click on anybody's source links from Wikipedia. They have tons of sources, and they were definitely contributed by individual creators. And I never click on that crap. I'm like, no, you, I got the answer I wanted from Wikipedia. I don't need to go anywhere else. you know. And so that's why I'm I, I hate to be cynical about it, but I'm like, yeah. And then it turns out that the top contributors have a Google business listing. And they have the GA4 optimization on their website. And they have all these Google, especially their Google creators is what I'm picturing is going to be the people who actually get attributed as much as possible, which is awesome because that's an easy thing to manipulate. (laughs) Like if I wanted to be like, I'm going to side with Google. I'm just going to optimize my whole website for Google. I'm going to get all my Google listings set up and optimize and blah, blah, blah. So I think it's good. I just it's just hard because the amount of people where you say like you're an expert in your field and you have enough content online to justify your expertise is going to be like one percent of the population like i mean what's your your theory of like the people who could get that kind of featured attribution um how many how many of us do you think there are
0: (laughs) yeah yeah great question well going back to your wikipedia example that was something i asked myself i'm like okay well, hold up. If these examples up here, these citations, if they're here, are they actually going to get clicks? Because that a, that's a big concern we're all talking about. And so what I realized is I was like, okay, let me pretend I'm the user. Let me pretend I'm looking for a park that's pet friendly. And I have kids, which I do. I have kids and pets. So <laughs> it was natural. I'm like, you know what? This generative AI answer, it really isn't good enough. I would need to know more. And I asked myself the same about all of the other examples and the generative AI, at least what they showed us in the preview, it's so brief that you really do have to click to learn more. I don't think the user will ever be satisfied enough by that small snippet, you know, unless Mm -hmm. they make it like the full SERPs and then short, you know, and that's when the Wikipedia example becomes relevant, but to pick a bone with you, that is my, (laughs) I really think like what they're actually doing this, they're pushing more traffic to the creator and that's a great question, like how many of us can actually earn that? And I think if we look at what Google is doing and what they're trying to do, what they're saying they're going to do with that extra E, N-E that they rolled out in December of 2022, they're almost giving us, the creator, the opportunity to portray our experience and then go earn that placement. And like right now at Constant Scale, for example, we have one page. I helped put together that's ranking for almost 800 keywords. It's getting insane amounts of traffic. And that page like really demonstrates Eat. So at the top, like we have a free tool we actually built. It's our AI content detector. So we went to great links, right? Build an actual tool. But then below that tool is actually why we doubled our rankings because it was under 400 with that tool embedded. And then it went up to 800. So how we demonstrated Eat was we did a video. It was me talking from a background of so many years in content, why you need a detector, how you're going to use it, how you're going to run your content through it. And then it was about 1500 words of that how to, what is FAQ content. And so it's interesting because I think a lot of people miss the basics of you got to do content and you got to demonstrate experience, whether that's through a video or some other way you're embedding that into that piece of content. And if you're not doing that and you're really just trying to game the system, put out content in the masses, You can do that and you might get some rankings, but when this EAT acronym really hits the SERPs, like Google says it will, I think it'll kind of flatline and create an opportunity for the people that are really demonstrating EAT to actually get somewhere. And like you said, like there's been crap in SERPs for years. And a part of me wonders, does Google even know how to deal with this crap? Mm Because marketers are putting out by the droves every day. (laughs) Google's like, can't keep up here.
2: Are you ready to revolutionize your marketing approach? Are you eager to harness the power of artificial intelligence to supercharge your strategies? Then you're in the right place. Allow us to introduce the AI-powered marketer. This comprehensive accelerator is designed to transform you into a future-ready marketer, equipping you with the knowledge and skills to wield artificial intelligence in your marketing strategies. The AI-powered marketer isn't just an accelerator, it's a journey. Over the span of six weeks through 12 live training sessions, you'll immerse yourself in a new realm of marketing. Through this accelerator, you'll learn how to apply artificial intelligence to various aspects of marketing. You'll learn to conduct keyword research with a precision that brings you closer to your target audience. You'll master the art of engaging landing pages, capturing the attention and interest of your audience. You'll hone your content generation skills, creating long-form articles, videos, and social media content that resonate with your audience. You'll also learn to build efficient email campaigns, crafting messages that make an impact and calls to action that prompts a response. By the end of this training, you won't just be a marketer, you'll be an AI-powered marketer. You'll be up to speed with the latest advancements in technology. So are you ready to feel energized and inspired? Are you ready to embrace the possibilities that AI offers? If the answer is yes, then join the AI-powered marketer today. Step into the future of marketing.
0: And so now like this extra E that they put so much emphasis on, like it's in the PQ, it's in the page quality rater guidelines now, like to a huge extent. And so if if you're demonstrating that, like if you went skydiving and then you wrote a review versus you just had AI write a review about skydiving. So Google says like they're going to favor that creator that demonstrated that experience. So I think like there's probably a lot of people here listening that have so much experience And I was at a conference recently talking to one and he's like, well, how do I beat this, Julia? And I'm like, start putting out content yesterday, last night, tomorrow, demonstrating your experience on your website. Like really, I think that's the best future proof. It's nothing new. You're probably really sick of hearing me say that.
2: No. Well, most people don't, oh, understand, you, gotta do it. you know, a lot of people, yeah. they, they think like, I have a website. Why am I not popular? Like, <laughs> you know, for me, I had a website design firm and I get that after we finish the website, I'm like, all right, here's the website. It's all good to go. They're like, well, why am I not getting traffic? And I'm like, well, that has nothing to do with what we worked on. Like, I mean, the SEO. You gotta course, build but- it. <laughs> Well, people just think I built it. Why, where is everybody? So that's why I'm kind of, and and again, I hate to be cynical because I like the focus on creators because people like you, you know, I do a lot of content too. So I'm like, I'll probably be fine. I'll probably be better than ever because I have thousands of pages on my website and it's just sitting there and I'm not putting any focus on it. So if there was an index, you'd probably find I have some expertise on a variety of subjects. But on the flip side, I'm kind of like, I can't teach people how to write a blog post. I tried for six years to convince my clients to write a blog post and I got 5% of them to do it. So I'm kind of like more restrictions and more requirements Mm -hmm. and more of this is going to be like, nobody's going to get found. And it's going to be so difficult that you're going to have like this top tier of, of creators. And then everybody else is just going to be well, whatever. Or what'll probably happen is the unique content people find will be the top creators, and everything else will be generative, basic content that any AI can create, and that's how people consume information. So, I like it. I like it for me <laughs> and you, <laughs> but it's it's like for your average person, you know, for somebody who doesn't know how to make content or doesn't know how to make volumes of content, they're going to be left out, and so. You know, and one of the reasons why I say like AI is great is because people who don't have writing skills, people who don't have visual skills, people who don't have all these things, but they have an idea can still execute because of these new tools, which is awesome. I want more people creating because at the end of the day, anybody can have a good idea. And the fact that they they're not able to share it because they don't have the skill set to kind of portray what they're trying to say is a bad thing. You know, I don't like that somebody who might have a brilliant painting in their mind doesn't know how to paint so they'll never be able to show anybody. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like
0: where I've been wrapping with this conversation in general is exactly a point. In fact, Google has said in their guidelines that they've, you know, gone back and forth on regarding to AI, they're now saying like, we really don't care how you create your content. If it's with AI, it can still be useful content. Just make sure it is. So, if Google has said that, that's an open door for us to actually save a ton of time and money, do exactly what you said, use a better writer, because a lot of us don't know how to write and tap into that and then get ahead of this with AI. So, that's our advantage, I think. And I, you know, I'm looking at it from a very optimistic perspective, true. But I can tell you, like, I've only done organic content. That's how I've made all my income the last 10 years. And I've seen it win because people underestimate the power of that simple approach, content, put out great content that portrays your experience and just get consistent at it. You know, just get consistent. And now the roadblock of I gotta write the actual thing is removed with AI technology. So this is an open door to me where I think a lot of creators that didn't have the chance to even get seen before because experience wasn't something Google put a heavy weight on. And now it's embedded so much in their guidelines that it's almost a little scary, <laughs> but because of that and AI being something you can tap into, Google has said you can, that is like the path forward, I think, where we're creating content, we're using AI to do all this heavy lifting that we didn't know how to do anyway, or we weren't good at. I mean, I'm a writer. I still don't like writing a 3000 word blog. It's yeah. freaking short. <laughs> so <we> use AI. <laughs> so we, no, I think true. amazing times to be in. We'll see how it shakes out, you know, when this actually hits the SERPs, but Google has a lot to lose if they were to go back on this.
2: Uh, I don't know. They've gone back on so many things. I'm like, <laughs> they they that does not stop them like ever. <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, they say that today and then tomorrow. And and my problem also is that they, they come up with these enormous platforms, billion dollar launches of Google Plus. Remember Google Plus? And then Horrible. it's like, oh, that's not working. Whatever gone <laughs> and you're like wait what like i no other company would do that like they've had a lot of
0: failed ideas stuff yeah. yeah and that's they have that's
2: why I'm, well my thing is they're an old company you know that sounds like well they only started in you know the 2000s so they're not really that old and it's like uh, yeah that's old. And these days, like 15 years, like digital marketer, we're 12 years old. We we use that to say, look how old we are. <laughs> you know, It's literally a talking point for us. So I think with a an older company like this, what you're finding is they're trying to shoehorn all these concepts and thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people's ideas into a single thing, probably created by a committee. And then they come out with a piece like, oh, hey, here's the, what we're focusing on. But yeah, I'm just so hesitant. But before I keep going on my my doubts of Google, uh, could you kind of walk through just a basic definition of the experience part that you said, just so people understand, like, what does experience mean in terms of putting out a piece of content or building a website?
0: Yes. Yes. So experience that comes from Google's acronym that defines page quality rating guidelines and so that's the full acronym is EAT, experience, expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. And experience was added in December of 2022. And how Google defines that is like, I'll actually read this from their quality rater guidelines because I love to do nothing more than just read from Google <laughs> when people are like, well, how do I rank? Well, it's, you can read the guidelines.
1: There
0: it's there. So they said, consider the extent to which the content creator has the necessary firsthand or life experience for the topic. Many Mm -hmm. types of pages are trustworthy and achieve their purpose when created by people with a wealth of personal experience. For example, and then they list examples, who would you trust? Somebody that reviews a product who has personally used that product or a review by someone who has not. And then they go on to say what makes low quality experience, what makes low quality eat. It's that highly inexpert person, <laughs> highly mm. inexpert creator. And then they also, what's interesting to me is if you dig into this in their search quality writer guidelines, they're talking about the reputation and then the social media content of the creator and how topically mm. relevant that is to their subject. And they're bringing up like, if you're talking about taxes on a cooking website, well, you're not considered the de- definitive source for cooking if you are talking about something wildly off topic. So that was interesting. And that reinforces like the nature of topical authority, which Google has always put emphasis on your website needs to have topical authority for, and it doesn't have to be like the example I've given is, you know, if you're talking about pets, you don't have to niche down to like a guinea, a, a hamster wheel for guinea pigs. You can stick to pets, just don't talk about taxes, you know, so that so is broad even category. more important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A broad category, but they brought in social media posts and That's forum cool. discussions are considered high quality because they're involving people sharing their experience. So it's not just your website content. It's like you as a whole on the internet, how are, how often are you sharing your experience? And it's like you know, it's time to throw imposter syndrome to the corner. Like we got to talk about what we know. We got to be out there about it because mm. Google's like we're looking at all these points now to see like, are you an expert here, here, here? And being cited as an expert, like guest blogging for digital marketer Mark, I'll mm. help you out here. Like you should, you mm. guys should do that. <laughs> Give Mark no, some. That-
2: <laughs> That makes total sense. And and I mean it's a little creepy that you're you're sharing everything that you say everywhere with Google to get the authority that you want. It is I mean, a little
0: creepy. Like, yeah. Nobody, nobody's going to share their
2: Reddit account. Nobody's going to share their Reddit account. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, that's private. Uh but that's super interesting. Did they mention actually kind of how the tracking will happen? Like cuz what I picture is they're going to say in order to be a Google creator You need to register with over here and here's where you list all your stuff. So it almost be, then this is all just theoretical, but uh, it'll be self-reporting that actually is driving their algorithm. Because if you, you'll probably have to claim a specialty and then you'll have to share all your links and then you'll have to probably meet some kind of production standard like YouTube does, you know, which they're connected. <laughs> so <it's>, I'm guessing <laughs> they're going to pull what's already working at YouTube and just shove it into all other types of content, which the main type of content for them is going to be articles. So it'll be like the Google or the YouTube algorithm forced into Google. And then there you go. And that's, and again, that's just a theory, but.
0: Yeah, I think it could work a lot like that. And if anything, like that's, that's kind of good news. Cause it's a little wild West-ish with, okay, how do we publish content? How does it get picked up? Sitemap, sure. But if you could actually like say, this is my area of expertise, Google. Hey, I'm putting my flag here. This is what I know about. Here's how I've demonstrated experience. And then Google's like, okay, you're now in the category, in the running for that topic. Like that would mm-hmm. actually be pretty cool. Because whenever I've Googled like different areas of content marketing for my types of keywords, I see like utter garbage from people that are obviously like not even native don't know what they're talking about. They don't have any experience on that topic at all. They're just writing to get coin. Like it's so obvious Uh,
2: and it's at the top of Google.
0: (laughs) And I'm just like, "Mm, here's a person with real experience, 10 years of it, ranking number 10. So if we could actually drive the SERPs according to experience and expertise, that would just weed out so much marketing nonsense. So I'm really excited to see how this shakes out. In the end, well, you know, because I think it could be good.
2: And, and that's what I think, too. I think it's, you know, because technically, if you really think about it, you're like marketers probably ruined the Internet like over
0: yeah, it's clear. so <laughs> many
2: years of like, well, I mean, we teach it, you know, so it's not about, hey, you have the best content or you're the best expert. It's always you did the best optimization, and <laughs> which is funny that Google's now going against that because they basically told everybody to do it. They said, yeah. hey. And now they're trying to kind of implement all these kind of abstract concepts of experience and authenticity and all these different things. And I'm like, how could you judge this of all people after you told everybody to fake it with formulas? And now you want everybody to go back to being January? but it could work maybe. But just so you know, like my concept of what I think is going to happen with Google and generative AI is you can start tying your advertisers into the content itself which would make it way more organic. So instead of, say, looking Mm. at, you said dog park. So you said, okay, well, this is the dog park. And let's say that Google has been contracted by an advertiser who has a dog park that's probably farther away from you than necessary. There's a way that they can start to manipulate data to make sure that you find the answer through the content, like, well, you know, if you're going to a dog park, you want to make sure that it has a fence that's at least six feet tall and that there's trees surrounding it. So the dogs don't get distracted by the street noise and blah, 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 blah. And they basically list all the stuff that only correlates with a single park because that park is their advertiser. And now, oh, look, and by the way, this one's a little farther than you would go, but we recommend this one. And then all of a sudden this organic content essentially becomes a long form sales pitch that leads to specifically where they want you to go. And it doesn't have to be in a single step either. Maybe it's a, you know, oh, did you, if you like this content, you'll like this content. And maybe the sales pitch is five pages down, but it's all coordinated to manipulate your thinking into there's only one solution for my problem. And here it is for $49.99. And here we go. And so that's always my fear is that it's going to have Generative content is going to have nothing to do with authenticity or experience or any of those other factors. It's just about getting you to pull the trigger on a purchase, which is how Google makes their money. So I don't know. (laughs) That's what I would, if I was like, say I was an unethical, didn't give a crap about the value of anything other than money. That's what I would do. I would just manipulate everybody's perception to reach the point that I want them to get. And then that would be the end of it. So you know, and that, again, that's devil's advocate on, on Google, but they've done some shady crap. <laughs> so it's
0: true. No, they no. have. And the whole keynote was very, very much, you know, pro creator, pro person. And I know like, there's a lot of marketing in that, right? Like you and I, we're, we're marketers. We know what's going on here. but Yeah, exactly. But I think like the shift that they're trying to do is first of all, they know, Okay, AI, like it's here to stay. We can't backtrack on this anymore. So that's number one. We got to put it in the search. And then number two, how do we make this to where our publishers don't hate us so much that they stop publishing content? Because that is something it's been talked about a lot. I can tell you in so many SEO circles, like if this happens, where am I going to go market? Shopify is talking about going to TikTok and paying more TikTok influencers. Mm -hmm. I heard that from their head of SEO. So like Google knows, we got to make this favorable to this set of people in order to get co- their continued buy-in, you know, and it's interesting, you reference like what they could do in a very Lex Luthor style of way here. <laughs> you know, they did reveal that they're building in a very contextual process in their LLM. So this this language model is learning from us, the user, we're actually helping build their model. And whenever you click on this button that says, ask another question, the question that you then ask builds on the context of the first question. So they're definitely like driving you towards what they're saying is the most contextually appropriate thing for you. Is it, is it, well, you know, yeah. we have yet to Who's see to say? <laughs> yes.
1: who made so the
0: think,
2: algorithm, who decided it's like, oh, well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think like if you were to be like, okay, well, how do I publish content today to get ahead of this? Well, like a clear niche site, you know, is like, I would say very important, like don't go too broad, stick to your core topic of what you're good at. I mean, even if it's like your name in a domain, like I'm not saying you need to go get, you know, like marketing, AI specialist.com. It can still be your name, but talk about like a clear set of topics And just like get consistent at demonstrating that experience. (laughs) And then that's how you can get ahead of this. Because I think when the citations roll out, you know, and Google is citing the best authority, what they're saying they'll do, according to the IO, there's a lot of possibility to get in those featured. It's going to replace the snippets and actually even have a better placement. You know, because it does look a lot like authorship, which I was able to rank for Mm. very easily. There was a very little competition because everybody underestimated that, but it was very similar. It was that little circular headshot, which they're showing in generative AI. It's a circle of your favicon and then the actual name of your brand associated with that. And so I was able to get that when authorship rolled out and it was my name in SERPs. And so like, I can tell you the amount of business from that was unreal. And when they ditched it, because, you know, I guess it
1: it definitely
0: did pull away from publisher ad income. (laughs) that's the
2: thing. Yeah, um, there's going to be a
0: shakeup no matter what.
2: Well, but, you know, at the end of the day, I like what you said, you know, in terms of the the content creator is going to get much more valuable. And and my theory, yeah. just in that regards, is that a lot of, you know, us will be recruited into roles within these companies that need original content and content creators because nobody's going to be making content anymore because they don't have to. Or they think, what's the point? You know, I have to do so much content to be legitimate. Whatever. I don't care anymore. I'll just spend ad dollars okay. is probably what's going to happen. But I do think that that what you'll start finding is that brands who want to be serious about the future of the internet and be serious about you know the lifetime value of their customers, they're going to need a, a team, a team of original content creators. And yeah, those content creators might use AI, but they're going to be very original. They're going to uh, understand brand voice like nobody else. And all these companies are going to need it, because otherwise you're going to be doing generative AI, which is probably going to start to be tracked back to the AI that created it, based off of you know the the congressional hearing where OpenAI CEO is pushing for licensing, essentially, and some kind of control. <laughs> where it's just like, oh, yeah. okay, we're already getting to that point. So, but at the end of the day, you, I think you're totally right. I think content creators are going to be extremely valuable and uh this accreditation system whether it's through google or whatever it is is going to be an integral part of uh how the internet works moving forward which is great as as long as you're a good content creator everybody who's a fake marketer where it's just they're following algorithms and i don't care about the content is now going to be irrelevant or much less successful
0: And something you said just a few seconds ago is so important about the brand voice. You know, I think like when Google said in their keynote, we know that people like people. And I was like, good thing you didn't say. We know people like robots. Could you be wrong? (laughs) So when they said that, it was like such a clear point to have a unique style. Because why do people want to follow other people? Why do they want to subscribe? Like take Google out of the equation. It's because we like, we Resonate and we enjoy what that person says. So that is like such a, such a red flag. You've got to start having your unique style now. Like find that, identify what your brand style is. You know something we're doing at Content at Scale is launching a feature that specifically allows people to do that. Where in this feature you can actually pick Content Hacker. So that's a style <laughs> you can write it.
2: Start with Content. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. But like, you know, we're emphasizing it. And I think Google is emphasizing it. And just, it's been true in the last 10 years. If you think about how writing, how words work, like we like the author that we relate to the most, we enjoy their style the most. And every person is different and every human creator is different. So it's like, that's another really important point is find your unique style, whether it's, you know, somebody I coach, it's like, she's like, okay, well, here's my style, Julia. It's grumpy, it's sarcastic, and it's witty. I'm like, there you go. That's your AI model for your style. (laughs) Stick to that, like getting old for that. Diana is grumpy and she's witty. Like be you, in other words, you know, like Dr. Seuss said, there's no one newer than you. That's your marketing factor right there.
2: I love that. So
0: we can have (laughs) <laughs>
2: well, and, and from the AI perspective, because I always think in terms of like, wow, hey, maybe I could feed the system so much data that you can't tell the difference between my content and the AI content that was built off of my content. Now, what makes me me? And I think it goes back to that style or the voice, where it's like, well, this is your specific style. So just yeah. to overcomplicate things even more. I think what will happen is we'll start having algorithms for assessing style. And if you could license that style, now you have something that's Ooh. proprietary that you could sell because if, if the AI is going to write the same thing I would write, then what's the difference between somebody I licensed out my AI to whatever company wants to use it and they could write like me or, or it's my style and the way that I protect my data is by you know, assigning that or being able to um, create a formula of how my style works if that makes
0: sense. Yes, that does. And then you could almost make a royalty. That's an interesting thought. You know, every time somebody uses your style, ding, you know, you get a million hits. That's like, that's a million pennies. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, maybe it's a fraction of a penny. You know, how many times, if there's only so many creators and everybody's going to be demanding the creator, then maybe, you know, maybe that's what we talk about next, where it's, you know, here's the uh AI uh style formula where okay, if you don't have this assigned to what you're doing, if you don't maintain it by continuing to create in that style, then you're gonna lose your license for being able to own it, which is now tracked yeah.
0: everywhere. Wow. So that got <laughs> creepy really fast, Mark.
2: Is that creepy, it's just it's the logical <laughs> progression of what's possible. So I don't know, but I think I think content creators for the next few years at least are gonna be, you know gold oh 100
0: yes no it's trending way up that way i think like what we saw in this io keynote with the screenshots of what's coming is so interesting to me like it wasn't the big domain it was definitely the creator so what google said before they showed the screenshots i'm like there was follow-through where it was this very niche creator that was talking about pets and what to do here and what to do there. I'm not saying like domain authority is gone. All you need is a name and an image. No, like you still need to build up your awesome. domain. You need domain <laughs> authority. Like, no, still like the fundamentals still matter. But it's interesting because I think there will be something here where the creator will just continue to get valued more and more. And, you know, Shopify is like, okay, we're going to do less SEO content, which is like what they're known for. Like that is what they do very well. And we're going to shift into paying the TikTok creator. <laughs>
2: Yes. And wow. Like the
0: creator's going to win.
2: I think so. I, I think creators are going to win in general. And I think it's going to be, it'll be some time before my situation that I'm describing happens. So we got a good, good five years at least. Just three make months. Make that bank. Three months. <laughs> three months before it's like, oh, no, never mind. Turns out when you started submitting our content, we built up an AI of you and we don't need you anymore. So. <laughs> See you later.
0: Did you actually skydive Mark? Did you (laughs) (laughs) skydive? That's a good old sentence. You can't just write about it. You gotta have done it.
2: (laughs) Well, no, even if it is a specialty, you know, it's uh that's definitely possible. So I don't know. I'm kinda like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm not even gonna get into VR because I have a whole VR perspective (laughs) of experience that I think is gonna come into play that's gonna totally rewrite everything, but that's a different podcast but this has been very informative there's
0: there's some truth there i'm telling you i've seen some yeah pr is kind of a direction we're being pushed towards whether we like it or not
2: well i I always come back to it because i'm like you know in terms of controlling a you know, your audience's experience, you can't get any better than locking them into a headset where they can't experience anything else other than what's in the headset. That's marketer (laughs) paradise, right? So anyways, we'll we'll do another episode of that. But thank you for coming on. (laughs) This is uh, super informative. So I hope uh, everybody listening, please take this to heart and uh, keep an eye out. But, uh, you know, the, the basics of what you said to do, you know, having a presence, choosing a niche, creating lots of content within that niche, sharing that content whenever possible, as genuinely as possible. Those are super valuable tips. So thank you for that.
0: Yes, you're welcome. Nothing mind-blowing, mind, bra- mind blowing, nothing groundbreaking, nothing new really.
2: No, it's all consistent but with what you've be been saying.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, well, where could people learn more about you and what you're doing?
0: Yeah, so I'm the president at Continent Scale. You can learn more about that at continentscale.ai. You can find me, My book's on Amazon under my name, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm hanging out there a lot as well. Um, So you'll see me really trying to demonstrate this because I'm going after that E and E. So I'm like, okay, everything I talk about, like no more motivational quotes, no more
1: randomness.
0: (laughs) You've noticed that. Like we're going to be specific here. We're going to talk about AI in content, nothing else. (laughs) So I'm trying to really demonstrate what I'm teaching today
2: <laughs> well you're doing a great job I've, I've actually Thanks. have noticed your post kind of shift and I'm like oh okay yeah you're obviously the AI expert like in this area so you know good job and I'm oh thank you I need to do the same thing that's really hard so I'll try to
0: <laughs> you'll get there <laughs> I have faith.
2: <laughs> all right well you thank are. you so much again julia really appreciate everything you do and everything you contributed so if uh, everybody loves julia go and check out our our content certifications she was our writing uh professional and we'll have to definitely add probably a supplement to what you created using ai now because that was like six months ago which it might as well be no wait no more than that 10 months ago maybe anyway which is like 10 years change. 10 years especially <laughs> right now so uh we'll be talking soon <laughs>
0: Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Mark.
2: All right. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time.
0: This is Digital Marketer.
1: Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over fifty thousand SKUs for over a hundred different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.